funny because thinking back with my dad and his business, I always tried to get him to grow a little bit. It's just him and my other brother. It's two trucks. They're happy. They don't want to grow. They, you know, they're happy in their little niche. But when I told him, let's spend on pay-per-click, let's blow this up, he always said, everything you do online is bullshit until you can prove to me it makes money. Welcome to The Boost, a podcast for home service contractors. We explore leaders and innovators in home services, their personal journeys, thoughts, and experiences with growth, marketing, and succession. We cover the good, the bad, the ugly, and its ultimate impact. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Boost. Today, we have Kevin. Is it Les- it's Lesage? Les- yep, Lesage. Not Lesage. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. That's how my 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 historic uh, relatives would have said it. Yeah. Is it French? It is French Canadian. Oh, yeah. okay, French Canadian. I think it was my grandfather who changed it years ago, and I've always grown up with Lesage. Okay. Well, I'm a purist, so I'm going to go with Lesage now. There we go. <laughs> go with whatever, whatever you work. Either whatever way it works. works for you. Kevin is a CEO and a founder of Searchlight Digital, and Kevin and I met about a month ago, and tragically had a great conversation which we did not record so uh today we are here to try and recreate the conversation that we had then which will probably not be possible but uh (laughs) i think it will take us in some great directions and be insightful for the uh contractor and home service community so kevin's background was in the automotive digital marketing world and has come to us through that journey to try and solve some big problems in digital marketing with data attribution. We have differing opinions on this now. My opinion is Kevin is on the right track for sure and solving a huge, huge problem uh, for a lot of marketers and the business side of things to help owners to make better decisions about their marketing spend based on performance and attribution. So Kevin, thanks for, uh, thanks for being here and welcome. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, I'm looking forward to diving in again. We did have a good chat before off the cuff organically. So we'll see what we can do to recreate. Yeah, 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 yeah. So first give everybody a little background intro. You were at Auto Trader? Yeah. And you were in the digital marketing team. What were you doing there? How did that relate to where you are today and, you know, solving this problem specifically for the home service community? Yeah, so the, the story is pretty funny because, you know, I look back growing up and my dad has always been a plumber. Uh, you know, he's been a plumber for over 40 years. So he used to drag me out on the weekends to clean his copper fittings while we would rough in houses or something like that. And I do credit a lot of the work ethic and drive I have in my career to those early days working with my dad. And he always said, you know, he, he worked his ass off so that I could go to school and learn to work with my mind, not my hands, is what he always told me as a kid. You know, I spent 13 years in automotive um, from, you know, digital marketing, from launching SEO, managing pay-per-click, uh, sales, account management, and then found my way into product management, where I was in control of designing uh, an analytics platform used by over 20,000 dealers across the U.S., And, you know, I got that role because people would ask me why I was doing so well in sales, sitting down with a dealer that you've never met before. That is a really hard salesman. You know, you have to be good at what you're doing and know what you're talking about to get through. And I found that data was like a language that everyone could comprehend, right? A dealer might not understand cost per click and all of this jargon when it comes to marketing, but being able to look at one plus one equals two and not more of like a gut decision and this is what I think is happening, but this is what's actually happening. 
Right. Like I said, I ended up running the analytics product for years. The company I was working for, dealer.com, up in Burlington, Vermont, was acquired by Cox Automotive. And that's when I found myself working with AutoTrader and Kelly Blue Book. And that time was really focused around identity resolution and attribution and um, analytics. But every time I went home for the holidays, I spent Thanksgiving and Christmas arguing with family that were in home services. My aunt married a guy that owns an HVAC business. My dad was a plumber. And I started getting involved naturally, just trying to help out family. And it was from there, launching ads across Google, Facebook, and I have a lot of history and success in doing this. And what I found right off the bat is Google Analytics would show positive growth, um, but our clients would pull up a CRM and they would say, hey, you know, we're not really seeing a lot of the value. And that's when a, a shift started happening for me saying, if this is something Searchlight is experiencing where we think we're driving leads, but our clients don't see the leads, I want right. to understand what's happening here. And what we found was that a lot of the people clicking our Google or Facebook ads we're in the CRM with estimates or closed jobs, but they were just attributed to other sources of marketing. And that's when I said, wait a minute, I can prove that Kevin Lesage, for example, clicked our ad, came to the website, called the call tracking number, spoke to your CSR, and I listened to the call on your CSR, sent a tech out to the house, and you just closed that job yesterday. Like, don't tell me I didn't have any influence on that sale, right? And that's when the analytics bulb went off. And I was like, wait, there's a million agencies out there. Um, but if I can solve this problem, I solve it not for just Searchlight, but for every agency out there and every contractor that works in a marketing role where they're all trying to prove and better understand at a basic fundamental level, what investments work and what investments don't work. So I can reinvest my time and my money into where we're seeing that success. So that's really the goal that Searchlight has set out on now is to solve that attribution problem and help contractors better understand the return on investment they're getting from marketing measured in dollars and booked jobs versus clicks, leads, impressions, right. something else. Right. right. The audience here, I think in general is, you know, very, very sophisticated and very savvy in terms of business management, business growth, and the specific trade, plumbing, HVAC, roofing, garages, whatever, they might not understand, you know, some of the details of marketing that we're talking about, right? Which is this attribution problem and what the attribution problem actually is and how a lot of software and algorithms use attribution, right? So we can take two, two problems, right? Or two examples. One is traditional to digital and then um, digital to digital, right? So in the traditional to digital, traditional, anything that is traditional, like you said, yard sign, flyer, um, stickers, traditional billboards, traditional bucket and awareness marketing, you know, someone sees that they go to Google and, you know, you've got a couple of things, Lesage plumbing, whatever, search for that. And either I've got a branded ad or I've got my organic SEO, I go to the website, here I am, my last click was organic or paid. I do something, schedule engine, contact form, chat widget, whatever. Oh, voila, it's attributed to paid. But really, you know, we're upstream. It was the billboard I saw, or it was the, right. you know, the sticker on my hot water heater that was from the previous owner or whatever. So this is what we call last click attribution. And it doesn't give us the full picture. And we've got now on the other side, two problems, which are 
the dark social, and then the last click attribution, right? So you've got the same problem, which is like, oh, I see them on social. I see them on TikTok, could be organic SEO, whatever. But ultimately you've got the same thing where I see a brand or I consume my information for, you know, solving my problem. And then whatever my last click was, again, paid ad, display ad, that's where the dollars get attributed, right? So if my last click is a paid ad, it goes to paid ad. If it's an LSA, et cetera, et cetera. And then you have this other problem, dark social, which is way, way even more complicated because uh, a lot of uh, social platforms aren't passing referrers and things like that. You get a direct attribution for the listeners is typing into the URL, right? Where really someone came from TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, Insta, whatever. So how are you and Searchlight trying to bring this all in and say, okay, you know, these are actually your attribution sources or this lead that is in your CRM actually came from a display ad or your TikTok campaign or wh whatever is going on. Yeah. So fundamentally our dashboard is built on a, on a mindset of last click attribution, like you were talking about, right? We look at what marketing source drove the lead. And then almost more importantly is what a lot of times customers are submitting multiple leads. So we want to look at attribution on the lead in terms of like, what we do is whatever lead came in closest to prompting that CRM activity, we will give credit to that lead. Someone might come in through a paid ad call and get nowhere, right? Not get through to a CSR and just find themselves at a dead end give up and come through tomorrow and submit another lead that they do get on the phone with the CSR. In that case, we would be always giving credit to the lead that is driving that CRM opportunity that without that call or that form submission, that CRM job or that activity would have never happened. But one thing that separates us and what we're focused on now is we've built our whole platform on events. So I can look at a job that's booked and I can see exactly how many leads came in and what leads came in before that job was booked. The example you gave earlier, someone might come in through SEO, submit a lead, or then call and submit another lead through pay-per-click. We will be able to show each one of those happening in that order. And then you might have an estimate sitting there that's open for a while. And then all of a sudden your CSR follows up with that estimate and we want to show that outbound. Or maybe you're using a company like Chirp who you have like uh, some software set up to auto reply and have like a drip campaign with some open estimates and you want to better attribute your outbound marketing as well. So what we're, we'll be able to do is click the customer, see the job and each event that led up to that job in the order of the event. But to fundamentally answer your question at a high level, it is a last click attribution modeling that we have set up now. Right. But the differentiator from what I'm remembering before, like you said, is the event aspect yep. of it. Again, because events are relatively new. I mean, I guess they're relatively new, really. They've been around since Urchin and Universal Analytics, but nobody used them. But now it's, you know, the de facto in terms of high value tracking on websites and in terms of analytics, it's all event based. So, you know, what are events that occur? Yep. It's, you know, in terms of the searchlight. Right. So a lead comes in at Tuesday at two o'clock, for example, it's timestamped, right? So we can see the event of a lead being created. Well, then one of the next events we're looking for a searchlight is did that customer not only submit an event of the lead, but did they create an estimate in the CRM? So that would be another event, right? And all we're doing is mapping all of those digital events and then the customer activity that we see in the CRM 
into one clear story where we can say the customer came in through this ad channel, they converted through phone calls, forms, chat, or schedule engine, whatever it might be. And then we can map to the CRM and say that job is currently either open estimate, sold or closed for X amount. And then we can do some simple roll-up math to say, hey, on this channel, your customer acquisition cost is X, your average ticket is Y, right? And you don't need to understand digital marketing to understand return on right. investment when you're talking about dollars that way. It helps resonate and, and allow for, you know, I think the average contractor to put their eyes on our dashboard and within five, 10 seconds, start making sense of it. Right. Versus getting a report from an SEO agency, a pay-per-click, your Facebook provider, and you're getting all of this for data at the end of the month. And you're like, I don't know what this means. I don't know what I'm getting for this. And it's really right. frustrating, right? Then you right. add additional layers of, now I've got multiple locations and location X uses this website provider. Location Y is on a different website provider. They're on different CRMs and it's like, forget it, Right. Searchlight's mapping all of those event data, all that event data. We have API connections to your LSA platform, your Google Ads platform, your call tracking. So there is no manual input of how we collect our data. It's just a we automatically scan all of those API integrations at midnight and we pull all of the data in to make it very easy for you to say, I spent X across these channels how much money did I earn and where is that money right now? Is it all right. open estimates or have I sold it and my pipeline's healthy and I just have to finish the job and collect the cash or is the work closed? And I want to look at exactly what I have closed in my books now from the marketing spend that I spent over the last 30 days. Right, right. You know, again, we're talking about basic math and kind of bringing all things down. It's almost like ROAs, right? It's money spent and money in, right? And money, money, and we want money in to be greater than money spent. It's really helping with that because I think at the end of the day, you know, what people are really struggling with is like, okay, I'm, I'm running all these things. I'm spending money on social SEO, marketing, all of your different channels. And it amounts to X. Well, is Y greater than X? By what order of magnitude? My digital spend is 5%. I need to be making... Let's just say you're $10 million company, right? And your digital spend is 5%. So you're half a million dollars a year. What is the math to make that half a million dollars every year on across all my marketing channels to make it make sense? And margins differ from company to company, but you know, the math is they've got to be making, you know, $10 million a year, right? Like there's the, to make that make sense where we're going with all this, you're providing visibility for that granularity of here's actually where your attribution is coming in from paid, from social. What are all the channels that you can actually discern from? I guess that's a good question. I don't even know the answer to that. Yeah, I can talk through the channels in a second. I do just want to call out like an example of a simplified story that we see all the time for what we were just talking about. We'll launch like a plumbing account. Let's just say a single location plumbing business could be doing 10 mil a year, could be doing 50, could be doing two. We get the data connected for their AdWords and I see for them to acquire a customer from advertising on Google pay-per-click over the last 30 days, it cost them, let's just say it's expensive right now and it's not performing as well. It costs $800 to acquire a customer. I see this all the time. Then we look at, okay, well, it's working. We're getting some jobs in, but what's the average ticket from that, that campaign? And we see that we're paying $800 to acquire a customer to go out and do a $500 job. 
those economics don't work out, right? I don't want right. to pay 800 to go get 500. But on the flip side, if the campaigns are doing really well, maybe AdWords is delivering a customer acquisition cost of $100 and it's an HVAC account or it's a business doing high ticket items and the average ticket's eight grand. What we shoot for at Searchlight to define success with a campaign or a channel is a low customer acquisition cost and a high average ticket. That's what we want, ideally. Dad would always tell me, go get me the hot water heater jobs. That's where I make money. It's a quick job for me. It's clean, right? Like those would be a higher average ticket with a lower customer acquisition cost. And you said it earlier about ROAS. It's like, you know, spend X, earn Y. And that's exactly what our dashboard shows you. And I say, it's funny because thinking back with my dad and his business, I always tried to get him to grow a little bit. It's just him and my other brother. It's two trucks. They're happy. They don't want to grow, but you know, they're happy in their little niche, but when I told him, let's spend on pay-per-click, let's blow this up. He always said, everything you do online is bullshit until you can prove to me it makes money. So that's the approach I took to this. So if there's any like contractors listening or anyone in that sense, like this is designed for someone like you who calls bullshit when they see this kind of data. And if you put your eyes on it within 10 seconds to get, get back to what you were talking about, I can immediately look at channel attribution. So I'm spending an LSA, I'm spending in Google ads, my agency throws some in Bing. I don't even really know what I'm getting on Bing, right? You've got all these different channels Then you're spending five grand on SEO. No one really knows what they're getting for SEO other than keyword rankings. It's tons of ambiguity, right? We will map all of those channels. So LSA, Facebook, Google, Bing, your SEO channels, I'm, I might be missing a couple, but those are direct API connections. So there's dynamic spend happening on Google pay-per-click and on LSA, right? It's not the same every day. So that's why at midnight, we scan each platform and say, what did we spend the previous day? And we add it all up so we can look at custom date ranges and say, hey, you go to our dashboard, you click channel attribution, LSA, right at the top, the spend changes and the spend will be accurate to exactly what you spent on LSA because we have an API connection to that platform. Then from there, we can see the customer revenue that came in through LSA. LSA is direct. I mean, it's always last click in that sense. It's not, you know, it's a ad channel where uh, you're not going to the website. But, you know, one thing to call out, I see all the time is like, we'll see Google LSA has calls, messages, and bookings, right? So if you're not using those other conversion paths to LSA, I recommend turning those on. But something we see all the time is we'll, we'll connect to LSA, we'll launch an account and our clients will be like, well, great. We spent 10 grand in LSA. We made 120 grand. This is working. And I'll look at LSA messages and I'm like, how come none of the messages coming in from LSA are matching is the term we use to jobs in your CRM? How come none of the messages coming in are turning into real opportunity? And they'll be like, well, we didn't even know LSA had messages. I, where are they going? I've never responded to them. And it's like, we, we find revenue leaks and operational inefficiencies in addition with our data, because it's not just how well did each channel perform, but it also identifies how well are we managing the leads coming in. Because those Google LSA messages might be high quality leads where someone's asking for service you provide in your target area. But if you don't respond to those messages, that's not your marketer, your agency, your LSA's fault. That's your fault as the contractor. Right, right, right. right. So that's where this accountability really comes in. And that's why we have a lot of agency partners that like our data and contractors directly because agencies are driving a lot of leads that aren't getting responded. And then at the end of the month, they're getting a call saying, I need to cancel because I'm not getting enough leads. 
and our data will show what happened to these 10 chats that came in, all looking new installs, for example. Oh, well, you didn't answer them fast enough and they all went to your competitor's site. Right. That's, that's right. not the agency's fault. And I have a direct API to chat. So there's no hiding from a quality lead coming from chat. Right. Um, so this is where a lot of that value surfaces really quickly in the events of those leads coming in through those API connections, because there's no hiding from poor for performance. Right. Right. That's a three hour conversation in itself in terms of number one, staffing, number two, your operational processes to make sure that you've got someone responding to your Yelp, you've got someone in charge of your LSA, your website chat. How many of those things are just like you go to all day, every day, kind of poking around on different sites, kind of looking around and exploring. And I can't tell you how many times I test one of those things and no one responds. My favorite is Schedule Engine. There's no dig to them. It's a great product, but sometimes contractors configure it wrong. So you'll spend all this money to get someone to pick, click a paid ad, come to your website. They go through Schedule Engine and then you have it configured saying you're not available for three weeks. <laughs> and you're just shooting yourself in the foot, right? So it's like as much as technology is designed to help, it's so important to make sure it's configured and staffed properly, like you just said, because someone might say, oh, well, I missed a chat, whatever. It's like, no, I could tell you your average chat right now is worth six grand, right? Your average ticket coming in through chat is X. I can tell you, and you missed 10 quality leads, that's 60 grand. Now, all of a sudden, it's a different story from calling in saying my marketing is not working. Just in general, if we're talking about, you know, contractors and home service industry or home service business owners, is this providing transparency in terms of, you know, a check and balance for their agency partner? Are they using it directly? Like your user base, is it mostly on the agency side? Is it mostly on the uh, home services side? It's pretty split right now. Um, is we it probably got 10, 10 to 15 agency partners that were just so excited about the transparency and saying like, now I can better tell the story of my ROI too, right? And they're excited about right. um, being able to have that conversation more data-driven versus, well, we know we're getting you a lot of leads and now we can be very specific, but the contractors, small and large. Well, I mean, I would say sometimes the smaller contractors are lagging in even more because they're it's their money. It's not an investment money, you know, outside private equity money or anything. And they're spending a small amount. So every dollar really matters. So we've got some uh, some users logging in daily, weekly. Uh, we've got other big private equity backed groups with mul multiple locations across the U.S. that have our data up in the boardroom, right? Because now we can roll up all locations. We can talk about how much did these 25 locations spend last quarter? How much did they earn? We can do benchmark reporting and look at them all uh, in one view against each other and really identify where our time and money is gonna best um, be used, you know, allocated across all these different locations. Honestly, the contractors are excited to start measuring in dollars and get past the BS. You know, as well as I do, I can make Google Analytics reporting dance and say just about anything I want, right? Uh, I can make a conversion, someone that's been on the site for more than 10 seconds. I think a lot of contractors across the US over the last few years have I don't want to use the term like taken advantage of. They feel like they have been in some cases, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, to just summarize, I want this data to put them back in control. Unfortunately, there's a lot of uh, snake oil salesmen in the marketing 
SEO, I mean, even paid ads. We're an employer and obviously you are too. And there's, you know, a lot of people that I'm sure for you that you've hired and, or you've worked with that you don't really know what they're doing on, on either front. And, you know, you can get in bed with, um, one of those people pretty easily not knowing who's in the back end managing your paid ads. Is it, you know, someone that's been doing paid ads for 10 years, or is it someone that's using your money to learn on the job? And that's an unfortunate part of, I, I guess, the marketing world is, you know, you get, you get a lot of that, unfortunately. And people, I think, and especially the the contractors, they're very trustworthy and they try anything. And then, you know, you get burned a couple of times once, I mean, all it takes is once and then taints your entire perspective of what, as your dad said, what Google PPC is, or, you know, what SEO, I mean, the power behind all of those is immeasurable, right? If they're done well, and they're funded properly, and those can make businesses very, very, very successful when, uh, when done properly. So in the searchlight world, I mean, what do you see as some of your biggest challenges with, I guess, just the, the business owners and, and the agencies moving forward? Any data hinges on your confidence and your ability to speak to it. Right. So I don't, if I don't understand something, I'm not confident in it and I'm not going to use it. It's pretty straightforward. So the success of searchlight hinges on our ability to easily tell that story through UX and not have to intake a million questions and make that story easy to understand, but also in training, right? So like when we onboard an agency that's using this data, we're training their account management team. We're helping them understand all of the intricacies and the logic behind our data so that when they're having those conversations with the contractor, it's not a BS monthly performance review right? Here's how we did last, last month, we did 10% less leads and impression share when everyone kind of gets on that meeting as their break, and they, you know, they're eating lunch and they're doing something else. And everyone kind of dreads that meeting. I'll get on stage and I'll talk to contractors. And a lot of times I'll ask my first question, show of hands, how many times has anyone in here gotten on the phone with their agency and the agency is all hyped up because their reports are green, but your business isn't doing well. And it's actually going down and there's just misalignment. And every single hand goes up, right? It's because we're defining success in different ways. So I think that's just one of like the key things right off the bat is we will solve those problems. It's just right. going to take a little bit of training and a little bit of people understanding what the data is doing uh, for them to actually buy into it. But that is where agency, their their the account manager is pulling up searchlight. And they're saying, why did our um, new campaign that we launched on Google last month not drive any new customer revenue from these zip codes? We got a lot of new customer revenue from these other areas, but why are these zip codes not performing as well? And that's what I mean by a contractor being in an agency, being able to be in control of strategy. Because if I know my campaign isn't doing well in some areas, but is doing well in others, I can build a custom strategy in those zip codes and I can go in and change my bid allocation or I can be more aggressive or I can launch different campaigns to shift that strategy. Right. So without data, you're just getting on another call that here's, a, you know, cost per click went down and conversions went up and high fives. Right. That's a, a great segue and talking point too, because, you know, we're talking, as you brought up, whether you're 1 million, 10 million, 20 million, $200 million company, the level of sophistication varies tremendously. Mm -hmm. 
right? And so, you know, you mentioned adjusting bid strategies and click strategies per zip code. You're most likely, you know, guessing here, but you know, if you're in the one one to two million dollar side or or less, you know, you're working with an agency, your ad spend probably is not even high enough where you're getting something like that. That's a whole nother problem. Or might be the case where, which we kind of see from a lot, which is on the smaller side, you're trying to target and you're like, well, XYZ company comes to me and they're smallest, they're under 5 million, they're a couple million or whatever. And they're like, where are you guys located? And we're like, okay, we're, you know, 20 miles outside of Miami, right? You know, you start looking at all their stuff and you're like, well, where are you targeting? And you're like, Miami. You're 20 miles away from Miami. Why is all your marketing for like Miami when you've got 150,000 people within a three mile radius of your office? Focus on this town. Everything's in the wrong zip code, right? Like you're just killing yourself on marketing and trip time, all of these things that are just like so easy to solve by just saying, instead of being Miami garage door company, I'm going to be a small town 20 miles north of it. I'm going to be, I don't know. I don't know the area that well down there, but you understand my point. Just changing one word across the entire site from Miami to small town outside Miami, right? Like, and then changing your zip code and your LSA, you're spending, uh, what is the math on that? Two, two million. And let's just say you're spending, uh, yeah, like 5%, which is, that most $2 million companies probably aren't even spending a hundred grand a year on their marketing. But let's just say you're spending all these dollars 20 miles away and you start concentrating in this nice radius, five mile radius. All of a sudden, everything is going to be upended in terms of your business. A lot of the people that get into this, they're great at what they do, but you're trying to hit the grand slam when all we got to do is hit a single. You know, you hit a bunch of little singles right around the corner and all of a sudden you're doing a heck of a lot better. Back to the focusing on the zip code strategy. I mean, it's mind boggling too, because a lot of people too, again, if we're talking in the small, like on the agency side, I find just fascinating, which is like, you know, they look, they look at that agency and maybe you remember this too, like as from your dad's side or the agency side, it's like, well, what should we do? You know, what should we do? And it's like, you know, the agency is supposed to be the, the oracle of, of all problems in terms of, you know, branding and in terms of business growth and this, and it's like, man, where there's some misalignment here in terms of expectations. Well, what did you hire me to do? right? Or what are you hiring this person to do? Is it grow your business or is it to improve your cost per acquisition, right? For paid. I learned this thing a while ago in my career and I was listening to the CMO of uh, Thermos. She was saying at the time, you know, I've got my whole team and my team will come in with, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, I don't want all this stuff. I want three things. Mm -hmm. That's it. Three things to report on. And that's all you got to give me. This sort of goes to what, you know, what you guys are trying to set out to do. I don't want a 20 page deck of the performance for over 30 days. Show me my channels, show me my performance and show me my like overall, you know, input and output. And that's, that's it. Here we go. We, We just solved the problem of why people don't care about meetings. Like I don't need to sit here for 45 minutes. Give me seven minutes, 15 minutes at most. And here it is. Here's what we did. 
what's working, what's not working, and what we're doing moving forward using that information. It's pretty straightforward, right? Right. right. You said something earlier too that struck a chord. You know, these guys out here spending under five grand a month on advertising and maybe the um, level of support that they're getting, right? And a lot of these agencies are not going to have ad channel broken out into like what zip codes are driving that, right? We can break that out by business unit, is it new or existing customer, ad channel, et cetera. But you think about it for the guy that's spending that four grand a month on advertising for a few hundred bucks a month, it's a partnership with Searchlight. He could spend 30 seconds with his ad agency and he could log into our platform. He could go to the location reporting and he could click Google ads and it's going to show him what zip codes are driving the Google ads revenue. Now he has a story to bring to his ad partner and say, Hey, but before we dive into your monthly review or your PowerPoint deck or whatever you've got planned, can you help me understand why I'm not getting any new customer revenue from Google ads in these zip codes? And then that contractor can shut up. And then right. it's the job of the agency to be able to say, let's go to Google ads and let's look at this. And that is where I think one minute of time spent in the searchlight dashboard before getting on the call with your agency keeps that alignment and it keeps that contractor in control. Because the agency might get on the call and say, hey, high five, like cost per leads down 20%, we're killing it. And you might be able to say, well, wait a minute, I looked last month and my return dollar return on advertising is down. Your cost per click might be improving. Actual return is, is not improving. It's decreasing. So we're not aligned here. All of the calls coming in quality, are we getting any spam that might be impacting the data where, you know, oh, great, we've got all these new forms, but then you look at the forms and they're all spam from Russia. We see this stuff all the time. Searchlight is designed to solve a very expensive problem. Data warehousing, all the engineering, data science work for a few hundred bucks a month to keep alignment between you and your partner. Even if you are one of the 2 million and you're spending, in your example, you're spending a hundred grand a year on marketing, less than 1% of that towards a tool to measure what works, what doesn't, and make sure we're, you know, making better decisions, money well spent, right? Yeah, no, abs absolutely. Yeah, an absolute no brainer. In terms of, you know, being a entrepreneur, I guess, if you will, whether it pertains to this business or, you know, the previous business or even, you know, the days back of uh, copper fittings with your family. What were some of the best decisions that you, decision maker, business owner, have, have kind of made through your journey as a entrepreneur? There was a key decision made at Searchlight a couple of years back or, you know, whatever it was a year back where we were running ads and we started building technology to measure the performance of our ads in dollars, right? So that's where Searchlight started. We were running ads, we found the problem, and then we started saying, well, let's build an API to our ads platform and let's start measuring our ad performance in dollars. So that's where we started and we were running ads for accounts and we were like, this is awesome. We've got a unique tool to bring a different differentiator, a competitive advantage to our agency. No other agencies had this. Then our clients at the time, we were still like really small. We're like, hey, can we pull in anything other than pay-per-click? Can you get SEO? Can you do Bing? Can you do LSA? And all of a sudden, we have a better product now where I want to shift. Instead of using this technology as our advantage at Searchlight, we shifted and ditched the ad business and focused on the analytics and started selling those analytics to bigger agencies. 
So if you think back, like over the last year, like we would have been competing with the people that we're now partnering with. We decided not to use this and keep the cards to our chest, but to really open it up and try to help other agencies and other contractors solve this problem too. So that was a, a, obviously a key shift, you know, going from an advertising service business to a SaaS business and solving an analytics problem is just something, you know, I'm passionate about. And obviously it's worth more downstream. Yeah, I'll, I'll be transparent here. We, um, I'm trying to even remember how many years ago it was. We ventured off into that in uh, in another another lifetime. It feels like it was uh, about 18 years ago, uh, which is a long long time in the SaaS world. And SaaS is tough. It's not just uh, roses and sunshine. I mean, it's a different. It, it's <laughs> unicorn just a, and rainbows, as I call it. Yeah, exactly. yeah, you, or unicorn and rainbows. That's that's uh, even more glamorous than roses and sunshine as every business owner and entrepreneur can say, you know, there's, there's risk and reward with, uh, with everything. So it's a fun ride, software development and product management, basically, you know, where you, where you came up with this is awesome. And solving those problems, it certainly whets your appetite and gets you out of bed in the morning. So, um, I guess just on the flip side of it was the, the worst thing that's ever happened in terms of, uh, you know, like my example of failed SAF software uh, 18 years hey. ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, a, that's a good one. percent of software is never used or something like that, right? Um, yeah. So yeah. we built our software just listening and being so agile, just listening to clients. And we are the perfect example of building a plane while flying it, 100%. Uh, but if I look back on like the worst business decisions, we're probably when we tried early on, we tried to do a little bit of everything. It's daily where I've got an ADD and I'm chasing the new shiny yeah. idea I have, right? And, right. Uh, you know, honestly, you get into home services and I'm like, man, this this this, this industry is, is behind a bit, right? And yeah. there's so many things I have for where we could take searchlight, but um, boiling that down and staying focused is where we actually start growing faster and delivering a better product. So like I could go on and on about where we, what where we're going and what we want to build, but what I echo and echo almost daily to my team is just stick to focusing on our core. Every effort we're doing daily, even if it's for a project that we want to get to in six to eight months, I want it to funnel back to impacting our core solution today, that dashboard. And like, we are only doing this in home services specifically for focus. We are experts in understanding call tracking, CRM, FSM, uh, the marketing, all of that. And it just helps us design a better product. I think to, to put this into perspective, my trade, it was uh, software development. And that's where I started and moved into marketing through the course of my journey. And most people probably do not understand how complicated it is to integrate with all of these different systems. So you have to specialize. I cannot even imagine just in the home services industry between Jobber, Service Titan, House Call Pro, it's endless. And that's just one small vertical. If you're lucky and you do really well and great things happen, I'm sure you know the opportunities will open to go into different markets, but that is so far down the road just from a software development perspective in terms of getting all this stuff to work so it is really really complicated i can tell you a quick funny story that's related to exactly what you just said so early on we had a larger group with multi-locations and they were like okay great if you can do this outside of service titan like we're going to open this up to other locations for you 
And this is just like us being like, okay, we'll figure it out, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, it's just like scraping our teeth to get by. And uh, one of the locations was using a CRM built in the 90s. It was in a server in some guy's basement. And like, if you asked them, hey, does that CRM have an API? They would ask, what's an API? So like to get from A to B, we integrated with that CRM without the API on some guy's server. And we were logging in and I can remember like our team, like taking screenshots and it was like Microsoft Word in the nineties, you know, the system. And I was just like, it was comical for all of us, but that is what Searchlight does best is we connect data from different sources and we normalize it. We had to get over those hurdles and prove that we could do it to get to where we are today. We have a whole team just constantly doing integrations and we'll sign up someone today. That's like, oh, I use XYZ. Have you heard of them? It's like, nope, <laughs> but give us an API key. Or if they don't have that, I need a username and password and we'll go in and we'll scrape the data we need nightly, you know? Um, but I, that's one thing I give a lot of credit to the engineers, which are genius You know, at Searchlight is like, there's no roadblocks. Like there's just hurdles, you know, and we can figure out a way one way or another to, to connect the data and make it work. But yeah, early on, man, like we used to be sending Excel files back and forth manually, doing so much by hand. And it was a blessing to launch the scalable solution. To every startup, there's a there's a great story like that. I don't know how many years they've been around now, but every person in tech knows Stripe. This was like hacker news story, probably like 15 years ago or whatever. They get their big break and they're like, how are you guys solving this problem, you know, to prevent <laughs> risk? And they're like, every single person that signed up, we were like manually entering it. And someone was take the manual entry and go and call, you know, uh, risk management. And that's how we qualified all of ours. Like, you're kidding me. It's like office space where it's like, I'm taking, yep. you know, the TPS report from the printer to the, <laughs> you know, to it was the early on in my career, but I was doing, I, I'm not going to share the story, but I was doing the exact same thing. I would print out something and carry it over to billing like three times yeah. a day. Right? And this was, this wasn't that long. I mean, this was 12 years or 13 years ago. So it's so funny. Um, you got to earn your stripes, man. That's true. Everyone's got that story. To summarize and kind of connect with what you were talking about with your experience. And for us, the biggest thing was we didn't have outside investment. We all used our own cash and busted ass to make this thing work. And we just listened. We would rough something together and put it in front of a client. And then they would say, well, this is cool, but what about this? And we'd get together after the call and we'd be sparks flying and writing on the keyboard. And we'd get, what, how's this next week? We put it in front of them. Um, so when you when contractors and agencies look at our platform, it is speaking their language and every question we get now, which took time, but it's like, I can answer the question before you're finished asking it. Cause I know exactly where you're going with it. And right. three months solving for this inconsistency or inaccuracy and testing it with these six locations. So I just get really excited sometimes with those tough questions. Cause I know I'm talking to the right audience and we're prepared for it. I get nervous sometimes when people are just like, Oh, this is great. Yeah. Sign up. I'm like, come on, give me a tough question. Like, you know, like I want you to like, let's better make sure we really understand what we're looking at. You've been around long enough and you've been in some really great businesses, you know, dealer.com, auto trader and all the Cox yeah. properties. I mean, we're talking about fundamental marketing, right? How do you drill down to that ICP and get to who your customer is and who your audience is? And with all of the tools we have today and all the sophistication we have today, I think there's still this very lo-fi 
thing that we try and all avoid, which is listening. If I just shut up and listen, you will tell me what your problem is. I'll either solve for it or, you know, I can't. And you just have to provide that space in the room, if you will, to give your customer, your potential customers, the opportunity to tell you what the problem is. And then it's your job to go out and solve it or whatever. So I love the low fidelity things. We're back to um, qualitative inputs on submit forms. Early last year, you know, all the rage was obviously chat GTP and how AI is just going to bring humans to a, a basically a crawl. And it's like, <laughs> I, I feel like everybody's like burnt out on it. And it's like, well, this isn't that great. It's not going to write every single blog post. And we still have to use our ingenuity and our brains to solve those customer problems. So that's great. So where should people go? Who should they reach out to uh, learn more about Searchlight and start getting the answers to their data problems? And our website's the best. We obviously, we'll answer our leads there, you know, a little match uh, to jobs, if you will, pun intended. But um, Kevin at searchlightdigital.io or any form or call from our site. We're obviously selling an analytics product, but I love just rolling up my sleeves and talking to agency owners or contractors about the problems they're facing. Right, we're all getting on a call later today to talk to a guy that's just signed up. He's like, Kevin, I've been in the red two months. I need to figure this out. And I'm like, we're going to get the data live. I'm going to get on a call with you. We're going to figure this out. Um, and I'm confident within you know a week, we're going to start seeing some progress. It's those kind of situations that I wake up in the morning and just get like excited about the day. Well, with that, uh, thanks a lot for coming out to the show. And we appreciate just talking and shooting from the hip about marketing and uh, analytics. We could probably go on a lot longer about this and maybe we'll have to do it again later this year once you uh, get a lot more customers. <laughs> Anytime. I'm always happy to jump on and talk. Yeah, I love it. Awesome. Thank you. 